<laughs> Nerdish. Nerdy. Nerd News. Hi, and welcome to Nerdish Nerdy Nerd News. Come along and ride with us as we explore, discuss, and nerdsplain some of the most interesting topics of today. Hey, I'm Tim. Hung around with nerds a lot growing up, hoping that it would rub off. I think it kind of did, because I'm kind of nerdish. As always, my co-hosts. Hey, thanks, Tim. I'm Christian. I've been playing and writing, creating games and Dungeons and Dragons since high school. My idea of a relaxing weekend is playing vids with my buds online. I also used to do complex math troubles with my dad for fun. I am very nerdy. And with us to help us understand the world a little better. Hi, I'm Jess. I've been programming and using computers since the early 80s. I'm a voracious reader, consistently going through about a half million or more words a month. I've got some biochemistry in my background, and I've been using technology for as long as I can remember. I am the nerd. All right, we're back with another podcast. We are. This will be, I think, eh, 15, 16, somewhere in there, depending on what order we put them on. But, yeah. Uh, this time we are talking with another guest. Um, we've just kind of, you know, passed over the fact that Tim's not here, which is sad for all of us. But yeah, he's he's off with the bromantics on their world tour. Well, wherever <laughs> wherever they're going, so Western Canada yeah. tour, doing <laughs> doing music and singing and entertaining the masses. So, um, yeah. So we are here with a journalist, Larissa Kurz. Um, she. I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me on. I'm a, I'm a print journalist. I worked previously here in Moose Jaw, which is how I know these guys. <laughs> we crossed paths during my, my coverage days in the city, uh, but I'm currently working at Regina with Post Media. Um, and I'm a newspaper girl. That is my primary medium. Print so, media. Yeah. The stuff that still exists. Yes. Thankfully. We at, do. In my mind. We um, do. Yeah. So we kind of brought you in here to talk about journalism and, and what's happening and how things are changing for you, how things are changing for the industry, because it is an industry. It's a commercial industry. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. And it's very much a business as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, uh, there's a lot going on. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, to, to be glib, it, it's a bit of a hot mess uh, for some of us right now, but uh yeah, we heard there were a few layoffs at the at the post there, and and mo a lot of the media is laying mm -hmm. them off for, you know, contractors or you yeah. know independent. What do you call them? Independent journalists who don't report uh, to anyone. Yeah, those freelancers, <laughs> uh, contract to contract, which is a I'm sure very exciting way to uh, to make a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the without having the uh, the knowledge that you're going to be getting a paycheck, that might be a little difficult. So yes, yeah, I've personally never uh, chased that journey. No. <laughs> um, my few jobs in the industry have always been uh, staffed jobs, which I feel very lucky about. But but I think, uh, yeah. in my opinion, is like a job like that, you're not chasing the, the next big thing. You're just trying to report on what's real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. not trying to sensationalize it or not trying to find the dirty scoop or, you know, something that you can sell. Absolutely. Yeah. Journalists are, we're unique creatures. We have this kind of unusual passion that I think not all career paths have. Like, I, I feel like most journalists go into what they do because we see it as something like a public service. Mm -hmm. We just like really want to 
be the person or be the mouthpiece through which truth comes, you mm-hmm. know, making sure that people know the things that they want to know and, and deserve to know um, and can be really hard to mm-hmm. find out if, if you're not familiar or comfortable with some of those avenues. So to be a freelancer sounds terrifying, um, <laughs> but to be a journalist in general is a little bit terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's something like I know couple of our friends have asked about too is uh as a journalist like have you seen a lot of people leaving because of threats and harassment because Ugh. now you are publicly accessible you are you know people know who you are where to find you um i remember was it last year year before at uh, gax there was a bunch of stuff happening at the legislature and the ctv crew that was there got a phone call while we were filming that yeah, morning they left. And they left because the um, the they were worried about them actually being able to get into the station because there was protesters out in front of the station, you know. So, do you see that as putting yourself at risk, or have you seen other journal any other journalists you know that have quit because of harassment? And I, you know, what harassment is absolutely a real thing. Um, yeah, I challenge you to find a journalist who hasn't gotten an angry email. Get out of my house, Larissa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You you get it. it, I mean, it it appears in your inbox. um, If you're somebody who's present on social media in any way, Uh, there's there's a lot of kind of ugliness that can come from folks there. Right. Um, Critiques about your coverage. There's mean people online. (laughs) On Twitter? Don't don't ruin the internet for me, Larissa. Oh, boy. (laughs) I I love Twitter. I think it's a great tool. I think it's also... place full of a lot of things you don't want to have to cross paths with. When you say it's a tool, the double meaning to that can really, (laughs) it is a tool that you can use like a hammer or it's a tool that's just an idiot. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, harassment is, it's actually gotten to be a really big piece. Um, journalists are people who, like I said, we're very passionate about our jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not very well paid. Um, and we often overwork ourselves quite a lot. And so burnout is a very real thing that a lot of us experience. Um, it's something that's been on the rise in the last 10 years yeah. um, due to a lot of factors. Harassment is one of those factors. Yeah. Um, is there something like, like more than half of journalists experience some form of harassment um, during their career paths? Yeah. Um, something like 35% experience it like physically in while they're person. on site yeah. doing their jobs, yeah. you know, somebody doing a TV stand up or, mm-hmm. you know, a radio appearance and they're actually out in public doing mm-hmm. that. Um, they, they, they get yelled at, they mm-hmm. get heckled, they get, you know, kind yeah. of approached by people who don't agree or have something they want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that it deters some people. I think it yeah. can be really hard to deal with. It, it's like any, um, customer uh, like customer facing job anything yeah. where you're in the public's eye yeah you are going to be the front line of abuse Absolutely. and it, it's it's sad they can't have that civil discourse and basically just stand behind you and raise their hand and be like hey i want to speak about that next no no they come at you as you're the cause of their problem absolutely i think the the example that comes to mind for me over the past few years was the um the convoy that occupied downtown Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you saw a lot of videos pop up on Twitter from journalists who had been actually down in the streets trying to do their stand-ups, trying to talk to people mm-hmm. and getting just a lot of rage back. Yeah. Um, even physical assaults yeah. in some and, cases. And, and they're trying to tell both sides and mm-hmm. one side and, yeah. is attacking them. It's, 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 it's a, a, a case of like 
don't kill the messenger. I'm I'm reporting yeah. information. Yeah. Take it as you will, but I'm not the one that's causing it. I'm just telling you what's going on. Yes, you know? yeah, it's a it's a tough position to be in yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean it, we've we've seen it, and I, I've kind of read a few books here, or read a few snippets from some books recently here, and a lot of it is. I think the anger sometimes comes from the commercialization of um, mm -hmm. the news industry, right? And and what people perceive as being, oh, well, this is a left-wing media. It's sponsored by all left-wing ads or right-wing media, so they're not going to tell the truth because they're sponsored by right-wing, you know, groups. And there's – it's hard to find a non-biased media source well, that – and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but but uh, print media and uh, and television, but for the most part, print media, it's always had a bias. It's just it hasn't been so far to the left or right, and there hasn't been that that perception of being like that. Well, because all media mm -hmm. sources, like think forty years ago, right? All media sources can. Uh, talked about the same thing. CBC, right, right. CTV, Global. Like if you go back to when we were kids. Those were your three main TV media sources, and then the Post and the Sun were left and right newsprint, and that mm -hmm. was kind of it. And yeah. usually, if it was a big enough story, the stories were equal across the board. Absolutely, and I, I think some of it. I mean, like you're right. There is absolutely kind of an inherent bias in in media and in reporting, and in the structure of outlets. I mean. Bias is something yeah. that's almost impossible to escape. Yeah, right? like, like when I say bias, humanity, I, don't, like. I don't mean that they're, they're, they're false news reporting, which is another issue altogether, <laughs> but they're just taking a different slant on what they're saying. It's or, or how they're like, it may be, you know, this has happened and this is what this group's response was, but they don't show the other side of the response. Mm -hmm. Right. So that would be, and that, but that's mm -hmm. changed in our lifetime too. Cause when we were kids, a news article or news story whether it was in the paper or on the news was 10 to 15 minutes on the news and it was both sides. Oh yeah. yeah. And they would interview both sides and it wasn't just a snippet from, you know, one person saying one thing inappropriate and then the other person saying all the good stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, it was two educated people are debating on live TV for 10 minutes about their topic. And the mediator was the media. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think part of what's maybe, added to seeing maybe less of I don't want to say less of that because it still happens quite a bit on like TV mediums because that's a that's a viable place for that mm -hmm. to happen but um, the more we move on to these like digital print platforms the harder it is to sometimes include all of those pieces mm -hmm. because you're restricted by space you're restricted by word counts you're restricted by time sometimes yeah, even. well it's the 24-hour news cycle yeah now, you're right? trying to get stories out yeah. To be the first, you know, you, yeah. you want to get that headline, you want to get the page clicks, mm -hmm. you, you want your audience to come to you. Oh, we know about you. page clicks. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, you want your audience to come to you first, so you want to be at the front of dropping that story. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that makes it hard to collect all the pieces because not everybody lives the life of a journalist. Mm -hmm. um, people have regular jobs. Yeah. Uh, people have families. <laughs> yeah. People can't take a phone call yeah. at, at a whim second, you know. Sometimes it can be hard to chase those pieces. Well, I mean, a lot of times we'll, you'll see that story. Oh, and at the time of, of print, we were, mm -hmm. there was no comment mm -hmm. from this, this, and this person or this group and this group. And you're just like, well, then I'm not getting the whole story. But no one ever comes back to it because mm -hmm. the story had to get out there no matter what. And it's just, 
I mean, we we've gotten into this, I think, a lot more with the whole Trump thing. It's it's exacerbated what was already there. Like it's mm-hmm. made it worse. So I I find too that there's a kind of a rising distrust in legacy media outlets as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you will chase those other voices. You'll chase both sides of a story, um, but one side will come back and say, "We're not interested in talking to you." Yeah. Um, They've made that choice. They have that right. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody is required to talk to media, yeah. no. right? So no, and that and that's uh, where your job comes in is to try and convince them. No, yeah. we want to hear your side. Yeah, sometimes you do Good the legwork, yeah. and you still end up at that starting line, yeah. regardless. Um, have you had any good stories where you've been able to talk someone into that and gotten their story out? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I love, well, no, I hate it when people ask me about my stories because mm-hmm. my mind goes blank and I'm like, did I, have I ever written anything? <laughs> did I ever write anything ever? <laughs> what headlines are mine? I, I don't I like know dogs anymore. and cats. <laughs> um, I, I think that at least as of late, um, the most relevant kind of stories that have involved that kind of experience have been about COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And I, it feels like a dirty word to bring it up because mm-hmm. I feel like it just invites so much ugliness. It's <laughs> <in my laughs> no, no. very controversial. Uh, it is. Oh, it I've is. had COVID so many times. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of getting it. And both Jess and I, like we've, we're both fully vaxxed, but mm-hmm. like, because I'm out in public constantly doing installs for a company that's in Saskatchewan that has to provide telephones. <laughs> And uh, we've said many times who you work for. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but because because of that, and being out in public in ten different houses a day, I'm bound to catch everything mm-hmm. known to man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've been to quite a few press events where we've come back, and that afternoon got an email saying somebody tested positive. So just yeah. watch yourself yeah. for yeah. symptoms. And yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was just saying like those. Those COVID-19 stories, um, there's been a few that I recall coming out of our newsroom. I, I personally didn't write them because this was a little before my time. Um, I'm, I'm still fr- fairly fresh. <laughs> um, but uh, there's been a few where, like, for example, Nadine Wilson um, out of the legislature, she mm-hmm. had uh, kind of a controversy about her vaccination status and has now kind of separated from mm-hmm. her prior affiliated party and started her own um I think her story was kind of one of those where we were there and we asked the question and said, do you want to tell us what happened? Um, And she said, you know what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I I maybe don't like you as an outlet, (laughs) uh, but I'm going to talk to you Mm -hmm. because you asked. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you were willing to just sit and listen and not have your own, whether it's your own personal or your own media bias, just listen to what she had to say. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's not an opportunity that you get. Sometimes you're out making cold calls and <laughs> trying to chase people down mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, yeah. And so it's a little tougher to do, but... Oh, so you're the paparazzi of Regina now, <laughs> chasing uh, people in your car. Oh. <laughs> so uh, a question, how, how how have you found... Or how, do I, how do I put this? Um, social media journalism. So those are the... The people on TikTok and mm-hmm. whatever else they broadcast mm. on. I, I call them clickbait monsters, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. all they're looking for. You know, they're they're the ones that wait and they're they're there when something happens and they're taking the selfie with it going on in the background and then they have their own opinion. How is that and I'm gonna say it this way, how has that poisoned what you do? 
I mean, I think it's absolutely had a big impact on the level of distrust mm-hmm. of what I'm going to call legacy media. Um, I feel like that's a, a term that people have heard before, mm-hmm. but I'm talking, you know, kind of that traditional, you know, those mainstream outlets, groups like Post Media who do the newspaper business, mm-hmm. um, you know, we mentioned CBC, like the TV stations, mm-hmm. the radio stations. Um, these are all companies and mm-hmm. our sole purpose is media production. And so we have in place standards and ethics and policies to kind of guide the way that we do that. Mm-hmm. Um clickbaity stories are a lot looser with those things, of course, right? Because you're trying to get the clicks. Um, mm-hmm. You're trying to incite a reaction from people. But then but then, and, but then, yeah. it comes back to like some of those major outlets then grab that story and mm-hmm. treat it as fact. Mm-hmm. And they've done, like like I say, they did it so much during the Trump campaign and leading up and, and they weren't the, you know, the bob in her closet it was cnn it was fox news it mm-hmm. was like major outlets treating a blogger's personal opinion as fact yeah i think it's really kind of muddled mm-hmm. um the process of producing actual mm-hmm. news content yeah um this is one of my quibbles with the term journalism because like it's a very umbrella term <laughs> um, it involves a lot of pieces yeah. a lot of types of writing right. yeah um, and it doesn't necessarily get into like the nuance between like news reporting yeah. and opinions writing mm-hmm. and, and editorials, and, editorials yeah. <laughs> and discussion pieces like <laughs> like groups like CNN do where they kind of bring somebody on to mm-hmm. do like a back and forth like we're mm-hmm. doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that there's maybe not quite enough differentiating happening mm-hmm. between sourced journalistic writing like news writing mm-hmm. fact-based writing and those kind of like it's engagement all, it, pieces they, they yeah. really get sort of muddled yeah mixed yeah. together yeah. you'll yeah. be reading a news article and then you'll have the opinion piece in the middle of it mm-hmm. and then you'll get back to like another part of the article that's that's fact and it tends to uh, and i've seen this even like even on like cbc or other ones where and it's just like well why was that in there that wasn't the news mm-hmm. that was what this person thought okay yeah like it's it's engaging content right yeah. i mm-hmm. mean i think there's a time and place for it and i think it does have a lot of value in kind of keeping these discussions going with the public um but i also think they need to be like more clearly labeled i feel mm-hmm. i feel like that's one of our problems that's kind of helping guide this distrust from the public is there's just not a lot of clarity as to what it is as to what yeah. that means and it, it maybe does play into like just general media literacy as well um, folks making those mm-hmm. kind of connections themselves, but I don't. I don't know if we're helping. <laughs> well, it's it's the misinformation. It's the propaganda. Yeah. It's the. I mean, and and this isn't new because, like, I was reading. I was reading a book here, "The Democracy Without Journalism," written by Victor Picard, and he was talking about ever since media um, started selling ads, which is going back to the eighteen hundreds. Almost the um, birth of media. Yeah, yeah. he said yeah. it's it, it's always had, it's never been able to be clarified as to what the story is, mm-hmm. like what it is written about or who it's about or like the facts are in there, but the opinion of the writer is in there as well. And whether he is being swayed mm-hmm. by the money that's being given to him by that person directly as being paid for the story or advertisement coming in and the boss going, well, don't do a story with him, go do a story with him. 
And as the mm-hmm. journalist, you don't know. You're like, okay, I'll go talk to him. You've got it all set up. Is it, you know, so it's not new. It, it is it, not new. It's, no. it's just now we can start to see all the other sides of the story because we have access to it. Whether one side is louder than the other, that's kind of what comes through online. But mm-hmm. you do have access to the full set of research papers from media outlets, from universities, from, you know, all these things that can help you clarify where your opinion is. But yeah, it's it's funny. It's, it's, it is. And it's very much a product of like, like I said, journalism, media mm -hmm. production Mm -hmm. is a business, Mm -hmm. right? We are the way that we work. (laughs) It's a for-profit business model, Mm -hmm. right? And so we do rely on ad revenue. We do rely on those partnerships to basically keep ourselves afloat, right? Um, But hopefully not influence the production of the truth. No, and I think that's, (laughs) but I think it boils down to, like I said, the journalist, mm-hmm. right? right? Journalists tend to go into this career because we have this like feeling that we are doing a public service. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to make sure that the public... Oh, come on. It's for the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> the paychecks are not that big. <laughs> I will reiterate. <laughs> um, we well, do not get paid that well. Um, well, we'll we'll slip you the check under the table after this. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a gray area where we're like... We try to operate like a public service, mm-hmm. but we're not because we're not getting public service money, right? We're getting. So have you ever been pressured money. yourself? And you don't have to say by which industry or which group, but have you ever been pressured yourself to write a story that you didn't think was right? I don't think I've ever felt pressured to write a story huh. that I didn't. Like a certain way. Yeah, like a certain way, like to, to mm-hmm. slant it a certain way. That goes that goes to show something for the media outlets you have worked for. <laughs> yeah. That you've I, never been pressured that way. Yeah, like that's, yeah. I, I feel really good. In, in, I'm sure there's a lot of journalists out there who can't say that, who mm-hmm. have been told, don't go interview this person. Absolutely. I, I have, I will say that I have written um, what we call advertorial pieces, um, which kind of hover on that line, like you said, between, mm-hmm. because we pull in ad revenue and we have mm-hmm. those partnerships mm-hmm. with ad partners. Um, I've written some of those pieces that I felt a little weird about um, because I, I, again, I I think of journalism as like something that I'm trying to do for the benefit of the public. And so to write a story that's framed like a news story about a company or about about a company, but as part of like an ad package. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially like a paid piece of copy. Mm -hmm. That's made me feel weird. I will, (laughs) I will admit that. Um, but I've done it a few times, you know, sometimes that's just part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But I've never, you know. Sold your soul. Yeah. I've never, <laughs> Sold I, it I've to the devil. Never felt like I was like just outright bald facing yeah. lying yeah. to people. It was no. just, you know, paid content essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, yeah. journalism is an umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So uh, another thing that has become uh just in, uh, across all of journalism is fake news. Oof, that yeah. phrase gives me a little PTSD like <laughs> symptoms a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, all of us. Yeah, yeah like it, it, how do we fil- how do we as the public mm-hmm. filter through it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, like one of the best ways is to find a reputable news source, mm-hmm. such as the company you work for, and and you still have to filter it a little bit, but. 
yeah, it's it's uh, the problem is, is I think, and uh, tell, what do you think about that? Is like I said before, you have that uh, social media journalism. You have anybody who wants to can have their voice heard across mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people or more because of the platforms that are out there. Whereas before it was the guy on the corner on the Apple box yeah, with the tinfoil hat yeah. yelling or, or yeah. you know, yelling handing at- out, handing out the little papers to the people, you know, the little, yeah. uh, that was the only, that was the only interaction. That was the only interaction you had with crazy Bob. Yeah. Now crazy Bob has 10,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or so TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Or Twitter, so so or how do you, how, how's your company or how have you, sort of combated that fake news? What are the things that you've done? I mean, I, I think a lot of it is in part relying on reputation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of know the news outlets who've been around for a really long time, who've been doing the kind of coverage you can trust for a really long time. Um, and I think for us, we put a really solid focus on sourcing our stories. Um, and I think that's really the grounded piece of it, right? I mean, fake news is fake at its source. There, there There's no you know, there's no basis of fact behind mm-hmm. fake news. <laughs> have you, have you been able to do any stories that clear up any fake news? Like whether it's recent or old, like, I mean, there's always been stories that have come to your desk and you're like, mm, that doesn't sound right. And have you been able to write stories that clarify that with the truth? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like it, it's like it just flies out of my brain. I'm like, I don't know what I write ever. I do several stories a day, and I don't remember any of them. Um, do you remember? Do you remember any story that you can think back on that you're like, this is one of the best or most um, this revealing is- stories? Like when you were doing the the uh, it, the research and things like that, that you anything that comes to mind at all that like you were just like, Oh, this kind of changes how I look at this or. I mean, I, my body of work is a little less investigative than that. Um, I've kind of picked up a lot of community beats. Mm-hmm. One story that I think uh, for me at least was very eye opening, and I'm hoping was eye opening for the people who read it. Um, I recently wrote a story with the comeback society in Regina and they're, they're a nonprofit group working to combat food insecurity, mm-hmm. specifically with within indigenous populations mm-hmm. within Regina. Um, and they did this really cool thing where they went out to Papikasis Cree Nation mm-hmm. in partnership, butchered a buffalo, and then broke it right down to, you know. All the parts. All the parts. Took the meat to then supplement their meal program in mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. Um, as this, like, it was, it was a reclamation, really. Mm-hmm. It was kind of taking back this, like, traditional food source mm-hmm. in a way that's supporting the most vulnerable of mm-hmm. their community. Right. And I and, think... And they can't get out of the inner city to go do that. Exactly. Because they're not on the reserves. They're not on the... Exactly. The land of, that allows them to do that. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of the people who are going to benefit from this meat source have mm-hmm. maybe never had buffalo in their lives. <laughs> and that's just kind of unthinkable yeah. for the indigenous culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, oh, that's that very was, cool. Yeah. The basis of, and there. to know, and to find that and know, like, I didn't know that was going on to yeah. find that and see that happening in real life is. Mm-hmm. And so part of that was getting to talk to like elders mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of cultural experts, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. I don't love that phrase, but um, getting to speak with people who really understand like the tradition mm-hmm. behind something like that and why it's so important. Mm-hmm. For me, that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I and felt I, like and that. Yeah, I really, hope that did come across in your story because yeah. I mean that 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 type of um, community exposure for all of the communities, not just the indigenous, but 
you know, here we are sitting as two <laughs> very, yes, yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> white men, white men. Um, yeah. And I apologize for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, and that's the thing. Because my got, ancestors did come to this country and enslave <laughs> thousands. I, uh, I got the chance to be kind of the white girl hovering on the edge <laughs> of this really interesting process yeah. that I've never seen before. And um, appreciate it for yeah. what it was. And to be to be welcomed, mm-hmm. um, to have it explained to me, yeah. to better understand. Um, that opens up the well, doors and, for, yeah. for, for everything, like the whole reconciliation yeah. process, mm-hmm. really. Their opportunity to, to share culture without that uh without that filter that everyone has Mm -hmm. the 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 stereotype that we've had for the past hundred years of of what that culture is it's Mm -hmm. when you get a true view into it that you would provide that's that's really what you're saying journalism is being able to provide that yes yeah so i went out and i did the thing and i saw the stuff and then i wrote about it Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that my readers read that story and better understood Mm mm-hmm kind of the nuances of why this is so important to Indigenous people in Saskatchewan. Yeah, so so with that reaching back into their history and their culture, how do you, um, and, and this comes to you and both your, you know, the post, how do you move that into the ether of reaching people? Like, are you, and the post and these media outlets, are you just doing the post and the online stuff? Are you posting those? Like, when you have an experience like that yourself, mm-hmm. are you able to or allowed to post that to your Instagram, post that to your Twitter and and reach your followers specifically with those same stories? Or do you have to do the full go through the post <laughs> and do do their stuff first? Like, are are they encouraging you to do both and try and be, I I mean, something like that to me should be clickbait. That's the type of stuff. If you put (laughs) the right headline on it. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, Headlines. (laughs) But it is. Um, That's what headlines are. They are the clickbait. Like, you need to get, whether the words make any sense at all. You know, Aboriginal people murder buffalo. Oh, okay, great. What's this? (laughs) Oh, and then murder it for children to eat showing people like and print has always had that the headline on a newspaper has always been make them buy the newspaper oh yeah short snappy hits you hard you look at you go oh my god what and then you want to see that story so you buy it and then you read the rest of it yeah yeah exactly um i mean that that kind of boils down to headline writing like we try to do that with all our headlines Mm -hmm. um not in necessarily a clickbait. I mean, it is and it isn't. Clickbait is like, it has such a negative connotation. It does. Most of the time. It's a hook. You want the hook. It, the hook. Yeah, it's, it. it's really kind of like aggravating the <laughs> basics of journalism, <laughs> right? Because that's what headline writing is. Mm-hmm. You're trying to hit all the kind of keywords that are going to mm-hmm. catch people's attention and get mm-hmm. them to pick up the story. Um, in that particular case, uh, that was a story that I kind of had an exclusive on. And mm-hmm. so I posted a little bit about it on my Twitter while I was working on it, um, you know, shared the link afterwards. But I really wrote it not in the sense that I expected people to stumble upon it on mm-hmm. Google. Um, so I wasn't really thinking that way about my headline. Do they, do they at the post and stuff, do they help you guys with that? Do they give you media coaching and, and Twitter? Cause I'm, I mean, you're the younger generation of journalism. <laughs> like you really are. When we talk to, um, some of the older generation, I mean, you're talking people 20 years are senior sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, we know how to do social media a little bit in our forties, but I mean, nothing what, 
the 20 somethings and the teens are doing now. Like, oh God. Yeah. I have some fascinating stats on <laughs> engagement via social media. Right. Um, yeah. It's yes and no. So I think this kind of goes back to like what I said about how everything is going super digital, right? Mm -hmm. Like traditional media is moving towards these super digital platforms. Part of that is social media engagement. Mm -hmm. Part of that is um, what we call search engine optimization. Yeah. <laughs> well, <I laughs> I'm know sure about you guys that. know yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I know about that too. Yeah. <laughs> so those are things that more and more journalists are having to train with. Um, my Twitter account is my own. It's it's personal. It's not company affiliated, uh, which I think is the case for most mm -hmm. most journalists on Twitter. It's kind of just a platform for us to be more visible, to share um, more content that way. For folks who are searching for it, but our actual stories, we absolutely have to do that digital training. Mm -hmm. um, we're we're becoming multimedia journalists more so than ever, and and really. you have to because mm -hmm. I mean people aren't buying the paper, physical paper, yeah. the way they were. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get delivered to every home on the street like it used to. <laughs> no, and I, we actually I don't even... I had those paper routes as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't even print every single day anymore. We print five days a week mm -hmm. instead of seven. So... Yeah, it used to be the, the Sunday was the, the big thick paper that had all the extra stuff in it. All yeah. the flyers. Oh, God, I yeah. hated Sundays. <laughs> now it's Saturday. <laughs> but no, it was when it was that you had all the extra stuff. You had mm -hmm. the, the, the week in review. You had... Um, the stories that were like, this is when you had the first one, like, here's the big headline. Yeah. And now here's the follow-up. Yeah. We had like the big, like national inserts. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's more so our Saturday paper. Uh, it's still smaller than it used to be, um, but we don't print on Sundays, at least not Regina. Yeah. <laughs> of course, every newspaper mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't actually print on Mondays. We put out an e-paper instead of a, of a print edition. It's all really and have you guys print. seen a lot of people grabbing the e uh, side of the papers or has that gone down to, uh, you know, I do don't, you, you don't know, see that I side don't know of it? exact numbers, but I'm going to say probably not a lot of uptake. Um, certainly not as much as our like print mm -hmm. circulation would be. And, and I think again, it's in part that all of that content is already on the site mm -hmm. in perhaps a more accessible format mm -hmm. than like a laid out yeah. newspaper PDF essentially. So how, I guess, how like, have you seen, I mean, you've worked here in smaller industries, but you've also, you're at a big post. Um, how do you guys compete with like things like, I mean, that I see is like the Discover Moose Jaw, Discover Swift Current, those types that have multiple media outlets because they advertise on their own radio stations mm -hmm. about their own print media that is on a website. Like they tie into each other. And is that, do you see the posts and things like that possibly partnering with media outlets to do that or do you guys already do that we so like internally we kind of already do that a little bit like post media content is we're chain wide so mm -hmm. sometimes our content gets pulled to ontario Other, outlets like yeah. pops up in in toronto <laughs> pops up in ottawa pops up on like in the other side of the coast in bc um we we share content that way mm -hmm. Um, but we are, because we're subscription-based, mm -hmm. so our content is behind a paywall mm -hmm. after a certain amount of free articles, um, we do a lot of our advertising like that internally. Like, mm -hmm. once you're a subscriber, you get, you know, you can get signed up for newsletters. You can mm. okay. You can do a digital subscription with your print subscription and get kind of some of that insider connection. Mm -hmm. And it is. It, it's because we are a subscription-based model. 
that our our platform is very kind of tight knit within in itself. That way. Yeah. yeah. So, have you had any stories that left here and gone other places? Have you had any that have gone national? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I wrote so I wrote a story um, coming out of the tragedy out of James Smith Cree Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, I attended the press conference where the provincial coroner declared we were going to have inquests, mm-hmm. two of them, for coming out of that tragedy uh, for the victims and um, the deaths that happened. That story got picked up nationally. Mm. Um, page counts went like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild to watch those numbers jump. Um, and that was actually the story that I got invited onto a podcast out of Alberta for oh, yeah. uh, to speak about because I was in that room. I asked those mm-hmm. questions. You had firsthand knowledge yeah, of what had, I, I, well secondhand knowledge technically yeah. but you had yeah maybe not the sexiest story <laughs> no, but, no but um, still you know something you can write home about and yeah. say mom look what i did <laughs> yeah that was a moment where there were a lot of eyes on saskatchewan mm-hmm. um following that story yeah, and, and one so, that and that really i think that's what blew up the other um residential schools and residential you know like oh mm-hmm. well we need to start looking at all the rest of these too Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it really did start out here. <laughs> it was one of those moments where our team, our newsroom, both in Saskatoon and Regina, we really came together because we knew this was vital coverage. Mm-hmm. This was so important to do right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we proved that there was value in having boots on the ground mm-hmm. in that way. That's good. Yeah. For a national chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not just relying on bloggers to show up and yeah. tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, because again, we're. we're we're journalists. We have that kind of training. We have that kind of ideology mm-hmm. um, to approach stories like that in a certain way. Well, and and you're right. You approach it in a certain way that is um, understanding and empathetic. Mm-hmm. Whereas that blogger, that videographer that's just trying to get the clickbait, trying to get the story sold to the media outlets, he's going in there and asking unfriendly questions he's asking oh so were any of your kids murdered oh well then i don't want to talk to you like it's right yeah, like yeah, yeah exactly yeah they're, that's what they're looking for mm-hmm. I, and, honestly some of the hardest coverage i've mm-hmm. ever had to do that yeah. i've ever had to the, the well the well i can feel the welling up in my throat <laughs> just thinking about it yeah. i can't imagine actually being on site asking like I questions was, <laughs> i i was in regina um i was part of the team that was trying to Oh, this is going to sound so icky, but I was trying to identify victims Mm -hmm. um, just to see if we could offer an outlet if anybody wanted to talk. You know, if anybody was feeling like they just needed to get (laughs) the emotions of what was happening off of their chest. Um, And so I I wasn't on the reserve. I wasn't on James Smith, Mm. Um, but I was the person looking up all of these details about these people who just lost their lives. Mm -hmm. And it was heart-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just just on... (laughs) We're we're all... We all just need to take... I'm just going to go to something else here. I'm actually on the Regina Leader Post webpage here, and I'm on your page. Okay. And I've been scrolling through, and I'm... I'm looking back at like there's there's articles there's there's quite a lot of articles here and they're there's they're all across the board. They, so. they certainly keep me busy. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm what's typically described as just a general newsroom reporter. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do kind of maintain a beat. Um, I try to keep my eye on health. I try to keep my eye on education. But 
I am also kind of a floater. Mm -hmm. um, whatever needs a body mm -hmm. to pay attention to it. Well, you've got to be versatile. If, yeah. you, if you're locked into sports, well, mm -hmm. when COVID happens and sports shut down, you're out of a job. <laughs> yes. yeah, it, it, yeah, it looks like, like uh, you have uh, just... Um, and. I'm just stating this as what I've seen. I've scrolled through like eight pages already of, <laughs> ooh, of articles. Ooh. and uh, it, That's it's, like what, last week? <laughs> uh, no, this is back to November. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. So a couple months. Uh, so yeah, but <laughs> it, looks, it looks like the majority of your articles, they do have a focus. You have a lot of uh, uh, First Nations that you do. There's health, um, family, like, uh, well, they have a lot of things like uh, the homeless shelters and Planned mm -hmm. Parenthood and school and Things like that. So yeah, it definitely looks like just just looking at this, I could see that you you focus a lot on on things that are very close to people. Yeah, yeah, it's um, absolutely an interest of mine. Like that's part of why I like what I do is I like the humanity of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what really kind of draws me into journalism as a career path. Is it, there's just so many stories out there and so many voices to hear, and I get to be the person who makes sure they're heard. And, and articulate what they might not be able yeah. to say yes, in a yeah. way that makes them understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's Because that's what I find when like we, we did interviews for the gamers and stuff. Me and you, we could talk. Mm -hmm. But if we brought any of the other nerds in, they'd look at you and go, oh, pretty girl. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I played Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and I rolled dice. And you'd come across and be like, yeah, he's really passionate about, you know, playing his Dungeons and Dragons. And he, he you know, and, and you would put words in their mouths that they want to say but aren't able to. <laughs> Well, I'm, what? I'm happy that there was no hard feelings about me oh, no. doing no, no. <laughs> I guess. No, no. We appreciate it every time you uh -huh. came out to, you know, harass all the nerds. I, uh, I actually love that. I love, I, I look at interviews as they're interviews, of course, mm. right? You know, on the record, technical, nah, 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 but you're asking questions. Um, but they're more so about making a connection mm -hmm. with a person mm -hmm. and trying to draw their words out and, mm -hmm. and share them mm -hmm. with a bigger audience. No, and that's and, and and if we can keep more people like you doing what you do to tell <laughs> whether it's your truth or someone else's truth without influence from money, like mass media telling you what you need to tell, <laughs> then yeah, I mean, but. It, it's going to be hard. It's, you know, and that's why I was asking the question about like, how do you make yourself more relevant by posting to Twitter, by posting to these social medias to yeah. try and drown out the noise of the people we don't, we shouldn't be listening to. <laughs> I think it can be a double-edged sword um, taking that approach because you kind of run the risk of presenting yourself as like a personality mm. Um, and then you lose some of that credibility. Well, yeah, you lose some kind of like that where you, as a journalist, you're trying to kind of be in the background and not insert yourself mm -hmm. into a story. Um, and I think when you are turning to social media and trying to produce content to get engagement, I could see that it becomes a very blurry line. Mm -hmm. um, it can yeah. be really difficult to tow. Mm -hmm. And I, so I, I try not to approach my social media that way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to, you know, share my work as it stands and mm -hmm. not kind of promote. Yourself. Yeah. I've, I've found social media uh, yeah. is more opinion based. Mm -hmm. But than, yeah, yeah. Like, it, is. it is. It is. It's, it absolutely is. Yeah. But and it's it's, it's a it, weird line for journalists because yeah. you do have to kind of market yourself, mm -hmm. um, especially in an industry with this kind of turnover mm -hmm. <laughs> where you move outlets as often as some of us do. Mm -hmm. You do have to 
kind of market yourself and promote yourself and sort of develop a voice that's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, what you really want to do is do it in your writing more mm-hmm. so than, you know, be a social media personality. Mm-hmm. At least I think so. Yeah. Not everybody might agree with me. No, and, and and I think some can do both, and some have done both. But mm-hmm. you know, as long as their news, as long as their stories are, like you say, yeah, true to true to true to heart and true to the people they're reporting about, they can still have the personality to try and sell that as well. Absolutely, you can you have, have to... it, it's 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 no different than your business, really, like than the Post selling you and your articles. Yeah, you have to kind of. Just keep thinking about the responsibility mm-hmm. angle of it. Yeah. That you have a responsibility to the public mm-hmm. to uh, to do a good job, essentially. <laughs> right? Well, if we, could, if we could get more journalists and, and more people <laughs> to think like that, I think we'd have a lot better uh, better chance at getting the truth, the mm-hmm. actual truth about things, and the and the heart stories in behind the some of the nasty. So yeah, and maybe I'm just a small fish in a small <laughs> pond. <laughs> Well, you moved, you moved to a bigger pond anyways. I did. I, I moved to a slightly bigger pond. <laughs> so what do, you, what do your mom and dad think of what you do? Uh, incredibly proud, actually. My mom is uh, probably half of the page views on my story. <laughs> She's your cheerleader. Yeah, she? if I were to actually dig into the data and look at like who's reading my stuff. So is somewhere. your mom here in Moose Jaw then? Uh, I grew up just outside of Moose Jaw, so she's in my hometown uh, about an hour or so away. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's that? Essential Butte. Oh, she's <laughs> Shout in the Butte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's a little disappointed when I moved further away <laughs> to Regina, but, and she tells me all the time, oh, people come up to me and tell me they miss you in Moose Jaw <laughs> um, in the paper, and, and that's always nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's she's very proud. Um, well, that's why we had so you dad, back here. Of course, but he's not online as mm. much as my mom, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can uh, we can definitely, uh, we'll send you the, the podcast once we're done and <laughs> yeah. you can share it with her. And, oh, and actually, so actually, my wife, uh, she works at Conexus and they have a branch in Central Butte. Mm-hmm. So they're out there, oh, two or three times a week. So I'll make sure to share it with the branch. Nice. <laughs> and then your yes. mom will, then people will be coming. Oh, we heard your we heard your doctor on a podcast. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually hadn't gotten around to telling her that I was doing this tonight. So she, I, that's why a, my phone's been so quiet. If I had told her, it'd be blowing up. <laughs> She'd be wanting to know how it's going. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, like I think we've got a lot of stuff here yeah, from you. Know, all the questions that I had, like topics and things you sort of hit them without us having to ask cool. so nice i'm not used to being the interviewee i'm usually the one asking the question so that's good to hear yeah like well on some of the ones like really we've talked about them like how technology has changed you know you mm-hmm. said we used to be print now it's mm-hmm. it's more digital uh, citizen journalism or social media journalism uh, technology greater diversity and inclusion in news reporting so um I think that would be more along the lines of like the people we were talking. I don't know if we were talking about it on while we were recording or beforehand, the, uh, the freelance ones that, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Aren't, uh, yeah. Now, do you guys, uh, do you know, like now with your layoffs and stuff at the post, do you guys have more freelance journalists submitting to you or is it like how? That's a good question. And I don't know if I know the answer to that because mm-hmm. I am 
admittedly the bottom of the totem pole. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was just curious if you saw the stories and you're like, oh, I don't know that person. Like, do you know? It is something that we do incorporate, that we do employ when Mm -hmm. we need kind of extra coverage. Um, There's actually this really great program from a a grant program that's Mm -hmm. been running for a couple of years. It's called the Local Journalism Initiative. Um, So we have, there's actually a reporter based out of Saskatoon that's produced a lot of fantastic content Mm -hmm. uh, as somebody who's being essentially funded (laughs) through that program. Um, You know, we pull in freelancers. Mm -hmm. It's becoming probably increasingly more likely Mm -hmm. um, given newsrooms keep shrinking. And the profits keep shrinking. Yeah. And so it's maybe a little more cost effective to do contracting that way, which (laughs) where are you you based out of now? Because I know where you were is now the sky gym or something? <laughs> <laughs> we we actually don't have an office space. Oh, no. Um, we are fully work from home. Uh, that was an announcement that came down from Post Media right around those layoffs that oh, okay. happened in January. Uh, both Saskatoon and Regina newsrooms are fully remote now. Oh. We're, we're not going back to an office. Well, tax write-offs, I guess, because uh, home office. Yeah, well, <laughs> Keep <they're>, your receipts. <laughs> they're, they're actually um, selling the printing press up in Saskatoon. Oh, okay. You know, of course, in, in the building, you yeah. can't. It, well, you can, but it's very difficult to take those and out use of them somewhere. Yeah, because the buildings were built around them. Yeah. Yes, essentially, they're they're big machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of, I think, a cost cutting attempt. Um, Are you doing a story on that? <laughs> Star Phoenix did. They no, actually did, they? did a really great piece saying on, goodbye on, to the press. Yeah, um, we've outsourced our printing, and, mm-hmm. and it's no longer running. And that's for crazy. the first time in like 80 some years. Oh yeah, that's like, that's the crazy part. Like yeah. a piece of machinery that, you know, minor modifications, but that's been running for that long. Yeah. And the amount of, when you look at the numbers of like the millions and millions, almost probably billions of pages, it is that machine has printed in the 80 some years. It's, oh God, yeah. And it's, 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 it's staggering. You it's, could you could make piles to the moon and back kind of thing. Like. Oh, totally. And it's something I'll actually, I'm actually really regretful that I'll never experience because I've never worked in an office that had a press in the building. Mm-hmm. But I hear through <laughs> the great wisdom of my colleagues um, that it's something like it, it shakes the building. Mm-hmm. It's oh, just yeah. the sheer force of it when the press starts up, yeah. you know. Would, and, well, see, there, there's a there, next time you go to New York or somewhere like that, <laughs> yeah. you go to the New York Times and say, hey, can, can I, I just, can I yeah. come yeah. in and see can your I just, press? Like, sit on your floor yeah. for like and, a bit. And, and, uh, that that typical thing. I've got a press pass. You, yeah. always <laughs> used to, you always used to hear, "Stop the presses." Yeah, and yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. So no, now it's like a like a Slack message. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait up! Can I change this? Yeah. It's not. It doesn't quite have the same gravitas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then the only last thing that I really have here is um, the challenges in the area of privacy and security mm. with digital news. <laughs> Like, um, are there things that you've had to implement and change just in your short career that I think one of the biggest challenges in terms of privacy, um, is going to be for newsrooms who don't have a physical space. Mm -hmm. Um, this is actually something that I'm bumping up against with a story I'm working on that I can't talk about in detail, (laughs) but, um, it's a story where I, I'm meeting with a source who has something they want to tell me, but it's personal. Mm-hmm. It, it's private. It's mm-hmm. not something you want to sit in a coffee shop and just talk about where anybody can hear. Mm-hmm. And so normally you would have a newsroom, you would have a conference room, you'd mm-hmm. have some kind of a space where you could invite them to meet you, sit down, close the door. Nobody else can hear you. Mm-hmm. 
even their family. Yeah, like and you, you can have you can a go to their house and their family can overhear, or they can come to your house and your family can overhear. This is a neutral space. Yeah, yeah exactly. Same thing with um, like having a box number mm-hmm. for if sources want to mail you documents. Yeah, physical like paper documents, mm-hmm. which. Mm-hmm. That is the safest way to provide documents mm-hmm. to a news outlet because you know, well, sending them digitally and, has and, a trail. Yeah, and now sending them to who? To your newsroom. Right. Who Now who distributes those? Who picks those up? Where do those get stored? Exactly. So that if it comes back on us, oh, no, we have this. Like, yeah. I, exactly. I, so now yeah. the onus is on me to find those safe spaces <laughs> um, to figure out a way to get those documents and keep them safe in my home Mm -hmm. because that's where I work from now um, and to take care of them and make sure that they're not at risk in any way. And then I'm also having to think about my own safety because you don't want to hand out your home address to anybody. Like we were talking about before with, uh, uh, harassment is very real. It's a very real problem and it's, it's, Kind of scary. So, sounds like we need to start having some secret meetings, and Jess will be your, you know, bouncer at the bar, <laughs> and we'll ha- hand the files under the desk. It almost you know. sounds like there's a there's a need for um, uh, I don't even know how to put it, like a by the hour office rental where you can, you know, arrange to have an office that has a, a desk and a, a, you know internet access and whatever mm-hmm. that you might need, um, and it's got its own privacy that you, but you don't need it all the time. Yeah, with, and it's with a mailing address that you can sort of exactly. Use. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a solution that's coming down the chain. If that's mm. something that might happen in the future, but like as it sounds right now, yeah, um, shared office space like a yeah. hotel almost. Yeah, like a hotel, hotel for seating. reporters. Yeah, it wouldn't just be for reporters. It would be. It sounds people. like Watergate all over like, again. <laughs> what you said there is, you know, like with people working from home and they need to meet mm-hmm. with someone mm-hmm. or have something delivered. You know, I work from home. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I had to meet with somebody, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily want them coming to my house. I have, exactly. to, pick, I have to pick up his packages at work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, that's that's a good example right there. It doesn't matter <laughs> who you are and what industry you work in. You, you want to have that neutral place that's not your home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, I imagine there's probably some digital privacy concerns that I maybe am not super familiar with for outlets that do have more of a digital presence. Um. I have not encountered those as no. a, a newspaper. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get um, documents that are given to you that fall under like the Canadian privacy and I can't remember what it is, Pipeta or whatever it's called. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where um, you have to make sure that it's not distributed or a lot, it can't be distributed period. I mean, that's, that's a regular thing, you know, embargoes very much exist for media. Mm-hmm. We'll get information from, for example, government entities that say, we'll give you this early but if you publish it before X day, X time, you won't be getting the next. You, you will be hearing from our lawyers, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and we won't be doing that again. So mm-hmm. you kind of you need to maintain that relationship, that respect, yeah. that yeah. trust. And and mm. it's it's increasingly difficult to do when you don't have a safe space. What secrets do you know? <laughs> Tell us your secrets. <laughs> That's maybe one of the other cool things about being a journalist. Sometimes yeah. you know things <laughs> yeah. before other people do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mom, don't go out today. Why? Um, can't tell you. Can't tell you. <laughs> Sometimes you're also deeply frustrated because you don't know things mm-hmm. that you want to know, yeah. and, and you know people th- won't tell you. Yeah, and you know that they have it in their heads, and you try to pry it out. Yeah, that yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. So you phone the minister's what, office. What do you know about this? <laughs> phone the police. Hey, what's going on over on yeah. X Street? Oh, can't tell you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll Fine, I'll leave my house and go talk to people in yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah, you cannot tell me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> it just, it's going to be the convoluted way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then it's good to know that there are people like you that are still looking out for everyday man, everyday woman, everyday, mm-hmm. you know. Well, thank you. My, uh, my plug is always to support local journalists because that's that's what we do best. And how do we do that? Uh, buy newspapers, buy <laughs> yeah. subscriptions. Even if you don't us. read every single one. <laughs> yeah, we uh, again, we're a business, mm-hmm. um, and it's very unfortunate that that's the way it is. But the best way to support us is to engage with us with mm-hmm. our content. Um, well, if it. if you need a hand when. Uh, if something comes down the line and you don't have a job, let us know and we'll <laughs> we'll employ you on our Nerdish Nerdy Nerd News podcast and you can uh, start your social media career. Cool. I am a pretty good copywriter, <laughs> not to like toot my own horn, but I've, right I've done a lot of writing in my <laughs> short life. Well, and talent, talent could help with that too. Yeah. Or, or uh, one of our f- guests and friends, uh, Talon, the vice president of the gamers, he uh, he's, uh, well, you and you've probably interviewed him for... His political life oh, as well. Oh yeah, I actually I actually know him quite well. Yeah. Um, I went to high school with his wife. So oh really? Oh, I know Talon quite well. <laughs> That's a small circle because <laughs> yes. they are literally a block away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. No, uh, that's been really great getting to know you and getting to know what you're up to and, and how everything's going in the world of journalism. I'm glad it's still going. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad are. there is a career called journalism still. <laughs> yeah, we are still fighting to do our best. That's awesome. So. Yeah. yeah, I can remember the paper being delivered and my... My dad taking one part, my mom taking the other part. <laughs> then they'd switch. And I, I, I can remember when I was... And we'd steal the comics. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> even when I was older, when I was... Because, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember reading the newspaper, be it the Leader Post or the Times Herald when it was here. And and uh, it, it just is different than the digital one. You'd sit back, you'd read the paper, you'd peruse it, and you'd see all the different articles. And uh, it was just a different experience than it is now. It mm-hmm. is, absolutely. And... The- I'm happy to report that there is a very voracious appetite for the comic section and the word search and all the puzzles, like the puzzles page. Yeah, big head still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. We get lots of emails about it. The, the, the astrology section. Yeah, any kind of like minor, tiny little change yeah. gets still, they still publish. Do they still publish Dear Abby and stuff like that? Ooh, I I don't know if it's every day, but I think they do yeah. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Those were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, my uh, my my thing is always to tell people, just keep buying newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have value, I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, you filter through the garbage for us. <laughs> we, we really, really do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anybody who sits through council meetings for fun. Mm. <laughs> um, but we're at city council all of the time, all the meetings. Mm-hmm. We will read those reports for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Well, thank you for coming. This yeah. has been great. Yeah, it's great to talk. I don't often get to talk about journalism for an hour straight. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to have you come back again and and uh, talk about something else too. Like maybe uh, absolutely. Yeah, we always love having talkative guests because cool. Jess and I have brain farts and we just sit there staring off into. <laughs> it's nice to have someone that can uh, kind of cover yeah. us. If, if uh, <laughs> like in the future, if you have an article that you've published and you want to do maybe a, a discussion about, we're we're more than happy to. Then we would help cool. facilitate it if you wanted to have someone come and we all sit and talk. Yeah. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. All right. Great. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks again for letting us into your ear holes with this nerdish, nerdy nerd news podcast. 
check out our website at wildshot.ca. You can find us on all the socials under Nerdish Nerdy Nerd News. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe and support us at patreon.com slash nerdish to get more bonus content, show notes, and merch. If you'd like to send us topics for future episodes or comment about our existing ones, please email us, info at wildshot.ca. And remember, stay nerdy. Nerdish. Nerdy. Nerd news. <laughs> <laughs>